As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everyone, welcome to an emergency podcast here on Until Saturday this is kind of what you plan emergency podcasts for. It's the example that everyone uses. It's the day that we knew would come, but it is today as we sit here on January 10th. News first broke in the form of a tweet from Chris Lowe, and then our Bruce Feldman and Kenny Smith both were confirmed it. But Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, is retiring. The greatest of all time, the best college football coach in the sports history I'm Nicole Auerbach. He's Chris Vanini. We're reacting just minutes after this news broke. Chris, what was your first reaction to seeing that Nick Saban was done coaching college football? Not not shocked. This has been a thing that has been talked about in the coaching community for many years. Uh, Saban, a week ago on the Pat McAfee show, was asked about his future. And his response to that was, uh, when people ask me that, I say, can you guarantee you'll be in the same place in four years? Paul Feinbaum seemed to allude that this may be coming to the end. So ultimately not stunned, but it is the biggest coaching news in decades in the sport. Like you said, he is the greatest uh, in the history of college football. Nicole, you and I are actually in the same building right now. We're in Phoenix at the NCAA convention, uh, writing about the stuff that's going on at the presidential level. This is a bigger story. What what, what Nick Saban leaving Alabama is going to completely upend uh, all of college football uh, in the, in the coming weeks. Absolutely. It is. And so just again, in case you've been living under a rock, um, this is seven national championships, six in 12 year span here at Alabama. Um, he has absolutely towered over the sport of college football for a long time, but certainly the modern era and the CFP era and getting to Alabama and building it into a dynasty seismic, seismic news. There's going to be a lot of dominoes that fall from it as well with Nick Saban retiring now uh, at the conclusion of the 2023-2024 season. Chris, um, the initial reaction of shock and that we knew this day was coming, as it's wearing off, we are going to immediately move into 
how appealing this job is, who are the potential candidates. I joke to you because you're going to be writing a job profile. Okay, so who's going to be on it? And you said, everybody. (laughs) Everybody who is a good coach is obviously interested in this position and the foundation that has been built there to continue to be among one of the top programs in college football. The first name that I would call is Dan Lanning at Oregon. We saw his reaction to being linked to the Texas A&M job. This is a different level. This is Alabama. So what do you make of that name? What are some of the other hot names that you expect to be linked to, to this, at least right out of the gate where people are just dreaming up candidate lists? Yeah, the the first the first caller, one of the first calls, has to go to Dan Lanning. Uh, he was a graduate assistant at Oregon. I'm sorry, at Alabama in 2015. He spent four years under Kirby Smart at Georgia before taking the Oregon job, where he has done a very good job in two years. He just uh, last summer signed a new contract at at Oregon that gives that has a gigantic. I think it's like 20 million dollars, maybe, if you want to buy him out at Oregon. Um, but that may be the move, you know, Alabama paying Nick Saban well over 12, $13 million. You can put the, get, put together the money to do that. He is an elite recruiter, an elite motivator, a very good coach, a young coach. Uh, he would be obviously at the top of the list. I think Steve Sarkeesian probably is as well. He was the offense coordinator at, uh, at Alabama before he took the Texas job, and he's done a very good job rebuilding that program, going to the college football playoff. I think Kalen DeBoer, who just took Washington to the national championship, somebody who is a potential fit here as well. Mike Norvell, Florida State. Um, he took, an, uh, took Florida State to an undefeated regular season. So those are the names, uh, I think, of first. Davo Sweeney as well, former Alabama player. Um uh, not at the same level he's been the last couple of years, but he's won two national championships. He beat Alabama in the national championship game. So, like, there, you know, I don't know, Ryan Day, like, things, the, the pressure's on Ryan Day at, at Ohio State. He'd, he'd probably consider it as well. I mean, this is kind of why, do you think about the last couple of years, we will have had coaches, we would have had openings at Notre Dame, uh, LSU, USC, Alabama. Like, the, these are among the five biggest jobs in the sport. And so, yes, this is going to create a crazy domino effect uh, for whoever gets this job because then another really good job is going to be open as well. Right. It is going to be a sitting head coach somewhere good. And I want to say that the Dabo point is an interesting one. As someone who covered all of those Alabama-Clemson games, one of the first stories I wrote on them playing each other repeatedly and and Clemson – coming up to the level of Alabama, I refer to that period also as dueling dynasties, was whether or not Dabo could be Nick Saban's successor. And that was the question before he started to beat him, before Clemson was just one of those types of programs that was competing for national championships, and he could do it there, and he seemed very happy there. So that's an interesting name for sure. Um, But again, I, I go to Dan Lanning. It felt like this year, Two of the big names in the cycle were Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer. And there was a lot of speculation in Houston at a championship game around conversations about Jim Harbaugh, right? Like Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL. Does Michigan go after Kalen DeBoer? What would you do? And I remember talking to uh, someone in the industry who was saying, well, you know, maybe you don't because maybe Kalen DeBoer is waiting out Alabama. Maybe that's the type of job that he would be interested in. So again, you have, you have, Coaches that have maybe not been interested in other places like Dan Lanning and the way that he shot down 
connections to the A&M job by saying he has everything that he needs at Oregon and he feels taken care of and believes that they can build and continue to build there. I think everything anyone's ever said about jobs, I think that goes out the window when you have a job like this and you have the opportunity to take over Alabama in the SEC as you head into a world of the 12-team playoff and even bigger SEC and even bigger Big Ten, I just think it changes the calculations. And it's going to be really interesting to see where Alabama goes. And, and Chris, as you were talking about different candidates, I wanted to also talk about like the quality of the job, the resources yes. that they've committed to build up that program, um, where it operates in the NIL space. Like, h- How do you see the position that that person will walk into even though obviously you've got big shoes to fill and you're going to be the guy after the guy and Nick Saban, what, what are they positioned for? Yeah, look, be, being the guy after the guy is the most unenviable position in sports. Many times when you're replacing the legend, you're, when you're replacing John Wooden, you know, that type of stuff, because you're not going to be able to do what the guy before you did. You are not going to be able to live up to the standard that Nick Saban set, no matter who you are, especially in this new era of college sports where Alabama, by the way, Nick Saban ends this, ends this here going his longest stretch without a national championship at Alabama. He had never gone three years without winning a title. He has now done that, and now that's the end. And so you're not coming into an Alabama that's coming off of a national championship win. You're coming off an Alabama that was very flawed this year. And so, you know, Nick Saban was perfect for Alabama, and Alabama was perfect for him because they invested at the level that Nick Saban needed to build a Death Star. You know, they, they proved that they were able to do that. And if you take if you take out that, it's it's you know, you could make the case Alabama without Nick Saban may or may not be a top five job. You know, when you think about LSU winning national championships with many different coaches, when you talk about uh, Ohio State and everything that they have there. There are some, there are Georgia, like I don't think Kirby Smart's leaving Georgia for this job. Georgia's probably a better job. They just won two national titles. So like Alabama um, doesn't have some inherent advantages that other programs do. They had the Nick Saban advantage and now they don't have that. So I don't think that changes in terms of who's interested in the job other than everybody but Kirby Smart. But it's going to be difficult, maybe impossible for the next person to live up to the expectations that have been created there. Yeah, it's a great point because everyone gets used to it, right? We've seen this in different levels where a Mark Richt, you know, isn't winning at the high enough level at Georgia and they want to make a change and then it actually works out and they hire someone who can get them over that hump and up to where you're competing for national championships. So Alabama does have an insanely high standard of excellence and they will be expecting to be in the college football playoff every single year. They will be expecting to contend and play for national championships. It's a great point you mentioned about the the level of coaching that Nick Saban provides. You know, I was at his last game, uh, looking back on it now, right? The Rose yeah. Bowl, which was an overtime thriller. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting as we talked about this Alabama team this season was how great a coaching job he had done because mm-hmm. of where that team started and then where it ended figuring out the quarterback position, benching Jalen Milrow, allowing him to develop and grow and put him in spots for success. And then the defense and the strides that they made throughout the season as well. 
talk to different DBs at Media Day about what it's like to be coached by Nick Saban and how hard he is on his position group. Um, he's so involved with the defense, even, you know, again, to, through his final season. And that's always been a credit to him. And I think he has done such a great job on some of his hardest teams. You know, he talked a lot about that 2020 team that won a national title and went through everything that was happening with the COVID season and the starts and stops of that season. And then this year that it was hard and they needed to develop, they needed to become cohesive, they needed to improve in a lot of different areas. And I think that those are the teams that he's always been, he's found most rewarding. So I think it's interesting that he is calling it after a season like this and an ending like this, um, not a national championship, not when everything was great a couple of years ago, because I do think that he enjoyed the part about coaching, which was trying to figure out how the pieces that you had that year fit together to create the the picture that you wanted it to be. And that's what he had with this yeah. team and this season that ended in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, you know, I, I keep thinking, you know, this Alabama team like kind of got close to losing to USF. <laughs> You know, early in the season, and it ends with them uh, one drive stop away from playing for the national championship. It, it really was a really good job, but it was also clear that Saban was kind of done with the way college football is now. You know, he would constantly uh, be upset about whether it was pay for play or whether it was scheduling or, or whether it was uh, transfers and all these other things. And, and at the time, you know, when Saban would complain about some of these things we took it as a warning hey Saban's warning if you allow unlimited transfers if you allow all this money Alabama is going to dominate and it didn't play out that way and he's still upset about it and we see Texas A&M pulling the greatest recruiting class uh, statistically uh, that that had ever been and players who Alabama was uh, getting was not getting at the same time the last two Alabama teams are the highest ever in the 24-7 sports team talent rankings. And yet, they were incredibly flawed. So the Alabama of five, six, seven years ago that he had built had kind of fallen away in the new era of college football to a, to a spot where we get Michigan and Washington playing for a national championship on teams loaded with fifth and six-year guys. So uh, that's another reason I guess I'm not surprised because Saban had been speaking more and more about how much of the current setup of college football uh, that he didn't like. And eventually he decided to get out. And, and, and that's ultimately not surprising as rewarding as this season was. Um, this is a young man's profession, college coaching. And Saban had long been the outlier of that. It, it, it's guys like Dan Lanning who are kind of making big waves in the sport right now. So, uh, that's 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 the environment he leaves because you're not going to be able to come in and do what Nick Saban was doing. You're going to have to come in and do it the way college football works these days, which is a little bit different. Yeah, and, and again, he's 72 years old. I, I think that this is the last generation of coaches that will coach this long. I mean, I don't think we anticipate seeing guys like Dan Lanning coaching into their 60s and 70s. Lincoln Riley has yeah. already basically said that. Um, yep. And we've seen some of those retirements, the Chris Petersons, the Bob Stoops of coaches who want to do something else because this profession is different than it was when Nick Saban started. But he is one of those coaching lifers and he has just wanted to do this and do this again. I I'm really fascinated to see what 
he chooses to do next. He is phenomenal on TV. I think he's always been really good at explaining football in a very digestible way. Um, But it's always interesting. I mean, these are guys who, you know, they win a national championship and then they are on the plane on the way back home and they're watching film or they're calling recruits. Like they're just wired a certain way and they can't unwire themselves. So I'm very interested to see what this next chapter looks like for him um, because it's the only thing he's ever done. And he's done it at so many different levels and seen so many different eras of this sport. And it is changing. This is a pivotal point in, in the sports history. And we'll see what happens next. But the immediacy here is just who's next? Who is going to decide to be the guy after the guy? Who wants to step into those shoes vacated by Nick Saban? Yeah. Well, one other thing I think about as well is, um, you know, his he ha- he his coaching tree the last couple of years kind of wasn't anymore. He wasn't kind of producing those branches to the same extent. And he tries to hire Ryan Grubb from Washington last year, doesn't get it done, ends up hiring Tommy Reese, brings Kevin Steele in as defense coordinator. Kevin Steele just retired a couple of days ago as well. So, um the game had changed under Nick Saban a bit, and he adapted as best he could, which is incredibly well, which is get to the college football playoff with a flawed team very well. But uh, again, you know, the next coach is going to have to retool a lot here. Jalen Milrow was good this year, but you're not taking over a team with a, with a first-round quarterback. You know, there is going to be a lot of work to be done for whoever that coach is. Perhaps that means bringing in a transfer quarterback from wherever you are if you don't think Jalen Milrow is the guy, depending on what coach you are. So it's this is this again, this just happened. We are just reacting to it now. There are going to be so many big dominoes that that fall because of this. Alabama players transferring out is on the table as well. That's a lot of talent on that roster. Uh, so this is going to move quickly. There's going to be a lot of changes. The, 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 the news, the jobs, everything's going to change a lot over the next couple of days and weeks. So be ready for all of that. Absolutely. As you mentioned, head coaching change, 30-day window for the transfer portal. So all of those players are able to make a move. Uh, we will continue to have lots of content for you on the Until Saturday feed. This is just the emergency reaction pod, but we will have many, many more conversations with others on our staff on this feed. You'll want to uh, sign up, subscribe, so you will get alerts when we have new episodes and read everything on The Athletic. We are constantly going to be updating our live coverage as well as bigger introspective pieces about his where he is in the sport and its history. And also, um, again, Chris's job profile, Bruce Feldman candidates list, everything about where Alabama goes from here Thank you all for tuning in and for listening with us. Like I said, stay tuned to the Until Saturday feed. There will be plenty more coming your way. This is the Emergency Reaction Pod. Nick Saban retiring from coaching at Alabama. He's Chris Benini. I'm Nicole Auerbach. Thanks for hanging with us. and Stay tuned. There will be more coming.